Hello, my love, and welcome to this messy, beautiful life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain-body-soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken, because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go. Hello everyone and welcome back to this messy beautiful life. I am back after a little bit of a break as we have settled into our new digital nomad life and settled into our new home here in Bali. Um, But it's so good to be back talking to you. I have been ready to talk about our experience for a little while now but it's just been a matter of finding time and creating space amongst what's been a time that probably took a little bit longer, a little bit more energy that I wanted to spend settling us into our new life here. So to celebrate and to share also, I have a very special guest here today, Um, my partner and baby daddy, Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi, it's nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So in our relationship, um, it's fair to say that I'm the talker in the relationship, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) So this is not a super comfortable thing for you to be doing necessarily, but you did promise me a couple of weeks back, or you did say you would like to be on the podcast, or you told me ages ago that you would come on when we came. Yep. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, um, a little bit of an overview. We are, what, over a month into our exactly trip? Exactly a month, yeah. Yeah, so we came on the 2nd of June and it has, that month has just flown. Like, it's so interesting because we obviously delayed our trip for a month. And I remember saying to you when we were leaving Australia, Oh, it's imagine if we had have already been in Bali, we would have been there a month. Another good thing about us delaying our trip is that we've only just started. We we haven't lost that month already, and here we are, just like that. That month, extra month has all just yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, well, it's still very quick. Yeah, so we've got three weeks left as of tomorrow yep. here um, before we take off to the Philippines, and I just thought it would be good uh, to share what it's been like. I did ask for some questions on Instagram, so I've got some questions from the people that we're going to answer. But how would you describe our first month or so? The first month was actually pretty chill. We settled here pretty good. We have climatized. Yeah, we've acclimatized. Like, it doesn't feel so damn hot all the time. Yeah, it doesn't feel that hot anymore compared to, like, our first two weeks. Yeah, yeah, and the food here is pretty amazing. We've found some pretty good restaurants which we love and some of it which we hate. 
People around here. It's all about food for us. Yeah, it's all about food. People around this area is pretty hospitable. Eh? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And, well, compared to the island that we've been in, that is out of um, Bali. Yes. We, uh, we yeah. had that good comparison of different culture, different treatment to tourists. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely prefer, I'm certain that I would actually prefer Bali and I think we made the right choice to pick Yeah. Bali. So we both love Bali. We've both been here separately and together. We yeah. came here in March 2020 when we were very early days pregnant with Bella and just before COVID hit. Um, we both feel quite connected to Bali, which is part of the reason why we're here. And both kind of, in particularly, like, we feel like Balinese people are very welcoming, um, very, it's very spiritual here. They're very connected to their spirituality. And we've just come back from the Gili Islands for a couple of days, which was beautiful. It's stunning there. And I would highly recommend as something different for people that are coming to Bali, if you want to go and take a little bit of a side trip, would highly recommend colour of the water, color of the sand just really chilled no motorbikes no cars just it's a really small they're really small islands yeah let but, me cut you there but do you think <laughs> people come to bali because of not just the uh places to visit and not not just the food but it's also the big part of people coming in here because of how people welcome them. Yeah, definitely. And if you actually go to Lombok, you will actually know how... It's different. It's very different that there's still... Different they, cultures within cultures. Yeah, yeah. They still treat... Yeah, well, it's kind of, it's kind of like how... You know, it might seem like a really obvious choice for us to go and spend more time in the Philippines yep. than it does to spend in Bali. Yep. But our experience of traveling in the Philippines was different again. Yep. And again, you know, I suppose there's two parts to it. There's the nature of, of people and the kindness and the openness of their heart. And look, don't get me wrong, I can understand why people in tourist-based countries don't necessarily always have an open heart. I really get that. But the difference even between the Balinese people and the Filipino people when it comes to tourism, when it comes to hospitality, is very different. Yes. And so, you know, again, we saw that difference in... Where is the Gileans again? You just said it. It's in Lombok. Lombok. I keep forgetting it for some yes. reason. I keep going to say Java. Um, just that slightly different culture that we saw again. So, you know, for us being quite energy-driven people, there was just a different feeling um on those islands than there is here in bali for us anyway yeah yeah agree so we are currently we're based in sonoma we stayed here for the first week in a hotel while we found a more permanent um villa we're in a beautiful villa it's way bigger and way more luxurious than what we probably actually need um we're five minute walk from the beach um we actually it's a really funny kind of how we manifested this villa right yeah, yeah so when we arrived here we were told not to 
commit to anything before we actually came and physically saw it for lots of different reasons. So we came, we originally only had four days in the hotel and what happened was by the time we got here had started heading into peak season and of course villa owners are wanting to capitalise on and make up for what has been a really shocking couple past couple of years. So a lot of the villas were transitioning from monthly rentals to daily rentals which of course pushed up the price. So when we got here and especially because we arrived a month later than we originally planned, the accommodation landscape was a little bit different. So we were finding it a bit more difficult than we inspect, expected to actually find accommodation. Anyway, Rob was kind of taking the lead on all of this and was messaging lots of people. And um, there was a couple that came up, but none that really fit the bill. And then we found one, a couple and then they were gone. And it was you were starting to panic <laughs> yeah um yeah. you started looking more broadly like in Changu, which is where we originally wanted to stay Sim, yeah. and then also even in Seminyak, which mm-hmm. i wasn't keen on um because Sonur, it's the first time we've ever been here and we kind of came here on a bit of a whim but it's a little seaside village it's still touristy but it's nothing compared to Changu and Seminyak. It's got lovely path all the way along the beach. Very family friendly, lots of families. We've already made some beautiful friends here, which is lovely with young kids, um, you know, who are doing a similar thing to us, either traveling around or have relocated to Bali more permanently, just seeking a little bit more of a, a different life, a more laid back lifestyle. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. Oh, so we started looking at um, Changu and Seminyak, but this particular house that we were in and it's funny because when it came to the the villa i said to rob just like i'd said before we were selling the car i feel really confident that we're going to end up in the right villa yeah it's not something that i'm worried about i just know and trust that we're going to find the right place for us and i think you were probably you know a couple of days in thinking well that's really great but i'm starting to get really stressed Um, but I just kind of trusted that it would actually work out, which is very not like me or the old version of me, but he's becoming more of me. Um, anyway, we post, we'd been posting in groups and all of those sorts of things. And then someone responded to me, the owner of this particular villa responded to me and I looked at the pictures and on paper, it ticked everything we wanted and more. It's got an extra bedroom that we needed. Um, And when I looked at it, it was this really interesting feeling of it. Like I wasn't super excited about it, which I've started to learn is my intuition. When things just feel neutral, 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 or right, it's not this feeling of excitement necessarily. It's just this kind of really neutral feeling. And I looked at it and I went, I think this might be the house. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, visually it wasn't, you know, necessarily what we thought we were looking for as such, but, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty lush. Anyway, back and forward a little bit, and then we asked her the price, and the price was well outside our price range. <laughs> um, not that we couldn't afford it, but just compared to the other villas that we'd been looking at and what we knew that was kind of reasonable to yeah. spend. So for context, a beachside villa in Sanur, so Sanur's quite big. There's the west part, which is much cheaper, but then there's the part that's closer to the beach, a the beachside villa. The beach side, they call it. Yeah. And so the a villa on the beach side, you're looking with a pool, two bedrooms with a pool, you're looking at at least 1500 AUD. To 2500 
AUD. AUD. Yeah. So, and we were hoping to kind of come in around the... Lower than 1500. <laughs> <laughs> around the 2000 AUD mark, like maximum. Because, yeah. you know, this is not a long-term place for us. We just really wanted somewhere nice to be, but, you know, didn't have to be perfect as such. We also weren't going to leave somewhere that didn't feel good to us. So anyway, she came back to us and said, and we, I just wrote back and said, oh, thank you, that's outside of our budget. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. We kept looking for maybe one more day or two yeah. more days. And I remember we were sitting around the pool at the resort and you were like, look, we're going to have to start going and looking at some of these places in Changu. And I just said, like, it just came to me. I just like, I'm going to message back that lady from that house the one down by the beach, the, the one that we couldn't afford, and just ask if she would be open to negotiation. And so I wrote the message and she wrote back and said yes. And so then we came up with a figure that we were comfortable with. Again, it was well outside the budget that we'd originally set, but that's kind of how we roll, right? And then I lowered it a little bit to give us a little bit of negotiation room and she accepted it. Um, it was slightly less than less than two months, so we kind of had a bit of wiggle room that way. We ended up having to, like, pay for electricity on, on top of it. So there was, you know, a little bit of back and forward, but it was just this really kind of natural process of this was exactly where we meant to be. And I have this really funny kind of connection to the word manifestation because I think manifestation brings with it a lot of privilege particularly in this case like did I manifest did we manifest this house or were we able to throw some money at it and that's why we got it and Denise Duffield Thomas actually said something that helped me shift my perspective on this she says that money is a tool to enable you to manifest which I totally get but again, I think being here in Bali, it's hard to like not think about your privilege. And so I say this coming from a place of great privilege that I understand that we have with being able to throw the money at it. But as far as manifestation goes, and as far as other people who talk about manifestation, they would totally be claiming this whole manifestation. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so I'm going to claim it. I'm going to say, caveat, I know it comes with a lot of privilege, but we manifested this yeah. house yeah. um and you might have seen it on my instagram stories i will update the highlight actually with our barley life um so you can see it on there as well so um in preparing for this uh well long awaited for interview i asked <laughs> the people of instagram if they had any questions for us and they do have some so i'm going to read them out and we will answer them um so the first one the first question is when did you first think about this trip when um since we start dating <laughs> <laughs> well we always wanted to travel we knew that and yeah. covid totally kiboshed yeah, that yeah, yeah. um well the first plan is really very different from what we end up doing yeah we were planning to do a world tour and it's supposed to start in europe then it was like, uh, <laughs> well, what? COVID was still happening. <laughs> yeah. Things were changing a lot. And the war And started. then the war in the, the Ukraine, unfortunately, started. And there's a baby that can be flown very far. Yeah. And we need to, like, try to, like, you know, let's start with flying very close first. Then there. And 
we end up doing Bali, which is, I think, it's meant to happen. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So it's been about six months, I reckon, in the making since we were talking about let's do a three month trip. And then I remember coming back at you and going, hey, why don't we like totally just back ourselves, yep. put everything in storage and just go for six months and really yeah. commit to it. So when we left, we were like, we're going for at least three months, maybe six. Where do you, where are your thoughts on that at the moment? Uh, I don't know, because we're starting to plan, oh, we might not go back to Melbourne anymore. Mm. We might, you know, make this as, make Bali as our headquarters. And yeah. Yes. So one of the things that's happened is we really love it here. And so at the moment, we're really just exploring what being here longer term might look like. Um, sorry to anyone in our friends and family that we haven't actually discussed this with and you might be hearing it for the first time on the podcast but yeah we love it here it's a it's a different life it's a different lifestyle um it's much slower which we both love and appreciate like we've just we're sitting here we've just come back from a massage um you know you just got went to the market this morning got out the grill and cooked the chicken yeah you know like it's a totally it is a totally different lifestyle here and i think for both of us who both have busy brains and the energy of a place does affect us i think being here is helpful for us to actually help us slow down whereas like the vibe in melbourne for me particularly too because of the people that we're still surrounded with work a more traditional kind of have a more traditional work life and a more traditional kind of sense of doing things whereas here like the friends that we've met so far like most of them are not working or work very part-time and we go and we hang out at the beach in the afternoon and we kind of it's very flowy yeah definitely it's here it's just really laid back because everyone's pretty chill (laughs) so there's really no stress for you to like hmm do i need to be stressed about something ah nah the neighbors like pretty chill there so i'll just be chill as well yeah so there's like the lifestyle that we're living there's also the fact of like the culture here is quite different and also again coming back to the topic of privilege like we live a very privileged life anyway but it's for me it's particularly obvious here as well well. I mean maybe it's not it's you can actually get help here for things that you're getting a hard you're getting a hard time with like we get some we get a nanny to like take care of Bella every now and then for us to like (laughs) every now and then okay let's be honest we have a nanny Monday through Friday (laughs) <laughs> which, yeah, like which, which like, we still you know. like take it still takes like time to get used to that idea right like yep. i think we both still feel weird about that our beautiful nanny is like has become an extended part of our family yeah, absolutely yeah, like, adores bella yeah. Ado- bella adores her and it's very different like you know at home she was going to childcare three days a week um this is just a different way of care but you're right like it is probably it is easier to get the help that we need here. It is cheaper to go out and eat. Yeah. All of that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because I'm thinking about thinking 
back in Melbourne, like you actually like as first time parents, all our focus went into Bella growing up. Like we're not focusing with ourselves, me and Arian. Like when we were back in Melbourne, like we're freaking out all the time, like alternating taking care of Bella, and we haven't, you know, yeah, looking. We haven't had, and this is what really strikes me since we've been here. We have not had really a lot of support at all. It's been yeah, you and I, yeah. you and I, realizing that having a kid triggers the shit out of yeah, all of yeah, the stuff that you've got to do. It's really with. different because it. You know, it brings back all the trauma from your childhood, which nobody has ever talked about. Particularly culturally for you. Yeah, culturally for me. All, well, for me, coming from me as a first-time parent, like, all I know is, like, show your feeling as a person. This is your kid. Take care of them. Then that's it. Yeah. You can't do anything... You can't be anything. You can only be a dad for this kid until they get out of your house or they turn 18. Yes, but then without any kind of understanding yeah. of the impact that that has on them, right? Anyway, yeah. that's probably like a whole different podcast <laughs> yeah. episode, right? Um, but I think I've been really struck, like particularly because the Balinese people are so community driven. Yes. You know, we've got, we were just talking to the neighbor yesterday. It's their baby's six month birthday, which is cause for big celebration here in Bali. And prior to that, um, children are seen as, as gods and still from the other world, another, yep. the other world. And during that time, they're not put down on the ground at all in those first months of their life. But the the load of carrying them is shared by the whole entire family like i think about that in now context i'm like gosh how could i never you and i have never put bella down but it's different here like they have a community they have a network they have that village that we don't often have so what happens here in bali is that often families all live together in like a little compound of separate buildings with a temple in it that is their family home and there's generations that all live together and it's just that's just so 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 different from our experience isn't it that saying is barely literally here yes yes and i think it takes a village yeah and i think it's beautiful i really do so another one of the questions was has it met your expectations now that we're here uh, so going here, we really don't have that much expectation because we've been here quite a few times before. But specifically here in Sanur, we didn't expect it to be as disquiet. Yeah. It felt like it's still COVID times. Yeah. There's still a lot of shops that are closed, less people come here. But as... But I was talking to some of the locals here. They said Sanur has been really like this even before. Yeah. Which is really strange. No one no one has the answer. Why is it like this? Are they doing wrong? Why are not tourists going here? Yeah, it's just... But yeah. It, yeah, it's got a different vibe. I think when we first came, yeah, it was a little bit depressing. Like, because there are still places that haven't reopened from COVID. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Um... At first, the sense that pe- some people are quite desperate, which I completely understand, you know, to start making money again, which I can't even imagine how hard it's been. 
But yeah, what we've discovered is that Sonoy is actually pretty quiet compared to the likes of Seminyak, Changu, and even Ubud probably yep. to an extent. So it's a little well-kept secret maybe i mean the beaches yeah. over here aren't are beautiful they're lovely for kids so i suppose it just lends itself less to the party kind of crew yeah anymore. but i think you actually need to spend here more than a month to actually appreciate the place because right now like i have some you know so-called friends i go out to the villa say hi to those people and i feel more part of the community part of the community so i think sanur is more of your well it's got a bit of a blend right so just down the road from us is Murtasari beach and that's a locals beach really yeah. it's where they go to fly their kites it's kite flying season so it's beautiful you go out to the beach and even from our house you can see them flying their kites um but yeah, it's, it is a bit of a mix. There are actually locals that live here as well as, as tourists. Yeah, then if you compare that to um, Kuta, Seminyak and Changu, people, people tend to like stay away from the tourist mm. part. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. But well, locals don't live there. It's purely, pretty much purely for Yeah, tourists. yeah, because maybe they, they wouldn't be able to afford, Yeah, you know, and they would be able to afford the real estate there and and also who wants to live where all the tourists are yeah and for sure they'll just sell whatever they <laughs> yeah the properties they have that like earn something some money and just like move somewhere else yeah yeah and i think like for me this question like how does it compare expectation wise you're right like you know i was saying like going on this trip like we don't really know why we came on this trip. But we there's, just knew... there's one expectation that I was actually, <laughs> yeah. I, I had. So I'll get a villa. It's just like step stones away from the beach. The beach. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, swimming, <laughs> sun setting, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, posting yeah. Instagram stories every day, telling <laughs> blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, yeah, so all the resorts are on the beach. So, you know, the villas are not super, super close, as close to the beach as what we might have imagined. But I think, you know, we knew coming into this, like, although we had expectations of, well, we had some expectations, but we didn't really know, well, I didn't really know why we're doing this trip, as in what was waiting for us. I just knew that it was an important thing for us to do. Yeah. What, letting go of whatever that outcome looked like. I think as far as expectations go, like this was always a bit of an experiment for us. Like, what do we want to do? Do we want to, you know, travel to a different country every month? Do we want to see what the digital nomad life is like, whether it works for us, whether it's sustainable for us? I probably didn't expect to fall even more in love with Bali and us already to be talking about potentially staying longer. That's probably something I didn't expect. I always forget about the heat. I like the heat, but the humidity is something different. And, you know, like my hair is disgusting. Like my, you and Bella are more designed for this weather. My hair is just constantly not good. But, you know, I think I also expected, yeah, I'd be swimming every single day. We go to the beach every day. We have a pool in the house, but we never like, We hardly <laughs> ever go in it anymore, which is just crazy. You know what they say about swimming pools and that people yeah. that have them never use them. Yeah. So it's interesting, but 
Bella doesn't love it because it's not a good kind of depth for her. Yeah, it's very deep for her. But anyway, that's kind of those are like silly expectations, I suppose, about how you envisage life is going to be. But as far as expectations about pace and balance, a bit more balance, it certainly has met those expectations. Um, the other question, one more. Que- I've got two more questions. How does it feel traveling as Aussie Rob on your new passport? You know who that's from. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, it haven't sunk, yeah. sunk in yet to me because I, well, Bali, I always, I can easily travel here yeah. anytime that I want. So the difference is now, if I travel in Europe, I don't need any more um, pre-approval of my visa. I don't need to book. Yeah. I don't need to show, um, you know, a proof of... Um, Show money. Show and, money yeah. on my account. Yeah. Um, confirm reservation in the hotel. Yeah, so this is something that maybe, because I didn't really know this before we met, because, you know, ignorance and privilege, yeah. let's call it. Um, but for my, some people that don't know out there, like our Aussie passport is one of the most powerful passports in the world compared to, for example, in this case, Filipino yeah. passport, where rightly or wrongly i suppose there's fear of people overstaying yes i'm not going to get into that conversation well, actually, you know, if you give a filipino a chance to like fly out <laughs> of the philippines they won't go back anymore well that's obviously what they think yeah. but um so you know you have to have a certain amount of money in your bank account you have to book all of your plans everything has to be really it's, tight. it's very tedious and it's a hard work and it's like what a year or six months before you go on your holiday which is stressful yes which became part of the reason why we changed our plans because not only were we uncomfortable with booking flights in advance with covid it was then you know it was hard to change plans with your current passport yeah because yep everything should be confirmed yes before the flight and so you still haven't had enough time to experience aussie rob's passport just yet yeah (laughs) but maybe it'll feel maybe it'll feel different we'll have to get back to them maybe it'll feel different when you arrive in the philippines at the end of the month on your aussie passport yeah when i um, go to a different line yeah and when you leave and you don't have to pay that stupid tax that um ofw tax yeah that tax yeah yeah and it's pretty amazing, like, every now and then I look at my passport, like, oh, I'm in Australia, <laughs> And it's really yeah. funny, actually, because everyone keeps asking. Every me. day, like, maybe three times a day, they will ask me, oh, where are you from? Melbourne. Oh, you don't know? Yeah, they, they kind of pause. You look like from um, Indonesia. Oh, yeah, because, like, so I actually made up already a sentence, so I'll start. Okay, I'm from Melbourne, but I was born in the Philippines, but I migrated <laughs> seven years ago to Melbourne. Ah. Yeah, I thought you were Indonesian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah been, so that's, so that's the first conversation that I always get here every time I say hi or every time that I, you know, Yeah, talk to alongside someone. people talking to you in Bahasa. Yeah. And then getting, like, confused. Yeah. You're getting confused. No, you're getting yeah. frustrated and then getting confused when you yeah. can't. Yeah. So the last question, and we're going to, like, head into wrapping this up pretty soon. But the last question is a very good and practical question. <laughs> yeah. Probably is not our strong point. How will you both financially support this new way of life? So we've got, I mean, it's an excellent question. We've got, you know, obviously when you were coming for at least three <laughs> months. So we know we're covered for three months. Yeah. Um, 
anything beyond that is kind of well it's part of I suppose the ongoing conversation about how long we can actually stay I'm really fortunate that I can work from anywhere Um, that's been one of the great things about COVID although I had that flexibility before it's even more so now your opportunities to work remotely are a little bit less because of the work that you do Um, but there are options though there are lots of options there are always options and one of the things that you know we're exploring projects here particularly if we were to stay in Bali how we might kind of combine our powers and building our empire here yeah do some exciting things i mean there's lots of opportunities from a product perspective here as well selling products but we also have some ideas um, that if you follow me on instagram you might have heard me talking a little bit about early stages but um that we you know projects that we would love to to do and create together so it's a very good question in some ways we're also almost trusting that just things will work out for us yeah, see that's the thing here like the money that you have back home in melbourne is actually much more here yeah it goes so you can actually you know do something more here with less with less oh we we I suppose we're probably we're living a much more we we can either live much more cheaply or we can live an incredibly abundant life on the same amount of money that we were spending there. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. you know that's something we haven't figured out yet because it's so still so new. We're sort of still semi in holiday mode. Like we partially live here, like you said, we're building a bit of community. We're getting to know people. We walk down the street. We talk to people. We know people, but we're still somewhat on holidays, a little bit in holiday mode as well. Yeah. You know, we're just figuring out where the good supermarkets are, where the market is, and that takes time to settle in as well. So we're probably in that in between mode of kind of holiday slash living at the moment. Yeah. We'll know that we're done with holiday mode when we get local prices. <laughs> oh, that's something we need to share too. So for anyone who has ever wondered how on earth Balinese people afford things here, given that, I don't know if anybody knows, but they get paid approximately 350 Australian dollars per month, anywhere from 250 to 350 Australian dollars per month, which just absolutely blows my mind. But, you know, one of the things that I've always wondered about is how can locals afford And No, I just assumed that maybe they didn't have the luxury of eating out. But we discovered the other day when we went to a restaurant and we got given dun, 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 the locals menu. So there is a tour in some places, there is a tourist menu and there's a locals menu, which makes a whole heap of sense. And I ain't showing throwing any kind of shade on it because totally makes sense but um we had our suspicions confirmed and yeah we felt pretty cool we felt pretty local like we'd actually arrived when we got that locals menu as well so i'm gonna wrap that up there i hope that everyone has enjoyed this chat with my very special guest um that you have you know, that we've shared a little bit about what's happening for us at the moment, how life has been for us here in Bali. Um, please reach out to either of us 
on socials if you want to ask us any questions let us know what you thought about the episode i'll put all of rob's um, details into the show notes as well um yeah another thing that i just want to share before i log off is that i have opened up bookings for my one-on-one hypnotherapy as well so i have a very special introductory offer of only 99 dollars for what ends up being a discovery call a 60 minute hypnotherapy session followed by a follow-up session to just check in on how things are progressing for you and then a recording of the session for you to take away and use at any time you would like. So where I'm focusing my efforts on is for supporting people to make behavior change for the things that they're aware of. So you might've done a little bit of mindset work, you might've been doing healing work, you might be working with a therapist, and there might be some niggly little behaviors that are still sitting under the surface that you haven't been able to shift through conscious work alone. Those are the things that I can help you with. So if you head to my Instagram, you'll see there in the highlights reel under hypnotherapy, some examples of some things that I have actually managed to shift, some behaviors that I have shifted myself through hypnotherapy. And they're, I think, ones that will resonate, at least one of them will resonate with most people. So go check that out. Uh, Send me a DM if you are interested in having a chat. First step is a discovery call. Absolutely no obligation to make sure that I can support you with the change. And then we will go from there. So send me a DM or head to my website and you can book a call that way. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you next time. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for inviting me here. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Love you too. Bye. (laughs)